I appreciate all of your work week in and week out. And before I forget, I failed to mention in our prayer request, uh, please keep Ashley Nesbitt in your prayer. She is having severe pain uh, in her neck and actually has contacted a doctor finally uh, trying to get an appointment. Um, so please keep Ashley in your prayers. We're praying and believing that the Lord's just going to touch her and she's going to be healed. Amen? Amen. If you have your word, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10. And tonight we are going to, with the help of the Lord, finish chapter 10. Uh, I'm believing that we can get there. We're going to do it with the Lord's help. Uh, so beginning in verse 46 all the way to verse 52. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, just catch up. It's on the screen. You can follow along. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calls you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that I should do unto you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. What a beautiful portion of scripture there. And I want to tell you that if there's ever been a time when blindness is rampant, it's now. If there's ever been a time on the face of this earth where blindness is rampant, it's now. The old saying goes that there is no one so blind as he who will not see. There is no one so blind as he who will not see. And that's exactly what we see being played out before our eyes today. I don't think there's ever been a more true statement. The physical eyes work just fine, but they refuse to see that the way in which they are li living their lives, the activities they take part in, the groups they attach themselves to, will eventually lead them into eternal damnation. See, when we started this teaching uh, on Mark seven or eight months ago, however long it's been, I could have never dreamed that we would be in the state that we're in right now at this very moment. But he knew. He knew. I said he knew. Why? Because he is an on-time God. And, and he knows exactly what we need when we need it. Amen. He knew that we needed this portion of Scripture tonight. Wednesday, July 22nd, he knew exactly what was going to be going on, and he knew we needed this encouragement, we needed this wisdom, we needed his word for this time in our life. Psalm 119.105 is true. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
We need the light of the word shining in this world today. See, the only lamp in this world that produces true spiritual light is the Bible. The word of Almighty God, not our opinions, not our thoughts. I like the saying uh, to go along with the coin shortage. We no longer are accepting people's two cents, right? Since there's a, a coin shortage, keep your two cents to yourself. Well, that should always be our thought. Why? Because it doesn't matter what we think. The only hope, the only help, the only light is revealed through his word. So when people have a situation going on, when something arises in their life, we shouldn't first say, well, I think you should do this, or I think you should do that. The first words out of a believer's mouth says, well, the word of God says, or let's go to the word and see what it has to say about this situation, right? That's a discipline. That is a training of our, ourself. That is uh, because we want to tell people what we think and what we know, but that doesn't change anything unless, it's, unless we're giving them the word of God. We need the light of the word to shine in our world today to make clear that one and only path to take. Because I think Jason said it last Sunday morning, I don't know when it was, but talking about the pressures of, that are on ministers at this time. Because... If we make one decision, it makes somebody else mad. If we make another decision, another person is mad. So, Lord, illuminate our path. Give us eyes to see where you would have us to go, what you would have us to do. He's the only one that can do that. Other people mean well. They have good intentions. But if it's not God's word, I don't need it. You don't need it. We just need to leave it alone. My prayer has become, Lord, enlighten my eyes to see these events, these people that are participating in these events as you see them. Because I'm going to tell you, you can watch the news and you can scroll through Facebook and flesh will rise up real fast. Real fast. Real quickly. And in preparing this message, the light switch kind of flipped on, and I realized that this text, Mark's 10, Mark 10, 46 through 52, is a picture of this world, blind, begging, hopeless, lost, and undone. That's a perfect picture of this world today. You see, blind Bartimaeus epitomizes all of humanity. Verse 46 tells us that Bartimaeus was the son of Timaeus, meaning that his father had wealth, possibly a prominent figure in his day. And yet here we see his son in such a low place in life. He had fallen, right? And when you connect the dots, you see the picture of Adam. God was his father, the greatest father that could have ever been. And yet Adam fell from his lofty position into complete spiritual blindness. You see, every miracle performed by Jesus was not only performed to meet the need of the person, but it was also performed to use as a teaching or an example for us all. See, apart from Jesus, we are all blind and lost in sin. Ephesians 4.18 says, having the understanding darkened, alienated 
from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So when you're watching the news or you're scrolling through Facebook and flesh begins to rise up and you want to lash out and say some mean, hateful things, allow the Holy Spirit to remind you that their hearts are blind. They're blinded. They are lost. They are beggars. They, they don't know what they're doing. They are so messed up that the only hope for them is Jesus Christ. That is the only hope. I've shared this with you before back years and years ago when they captured Saddam Hussein. And they had him on the news and showed him and he was scratching his head and chained. And it broke my heart. Even this man, as evil and horrible as he was, it wasn't, his life wasn't meant to be that way. It, it wasn't. And it broke my heart at the depravity of this human. And it should be true with everybody that we see today. People that we don't agree with, that we don't, just like it should break our hearts because they're lost. They are blinded and they need Jesus. And if you're a believer, you were once like them before you came to Christ. You were blind. I was blind, a beggar and undone. So we have to keep this in our minds. We have to remind ourselves of this. The unsaved are blind to their condition to their sin, and to their eternal doom that awaits them if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That should be motivation enough to we uh, believers to be sharing the gospel every chance we get, every opportunity we have not to allow our flesh to enrage us so much that we forget there's a soul at stake. I'm preaching, I had to preach this to me before I gave it to you. Because like I said, it's so easy for flesh to rise up and for us to forget. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not who our battle is with. That's not who we're fighting against. We're fighting against principalities and powers, wickedness. And the only way to, to fight that fight is to fight the good fight of faith and to remember that Jesus Christ died for them all. He died for all of mankind, not leaving one out. Verse 47 says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. This doesn't tell us how he heard, but it told us that he heard. He indeed heard, and he knew who it was because it wasn't just any Jesus or Joshua, which was a common name in that time, but it was Jesus of Nazareth, the one who nearly 1,500 years before this time had parted the Jordan for Joshua. And now he knew that this was his chance to have his blinded eyes open. He thought, if he can part the Jordan, then surely he can give me my sight. Right? I, I want to tell you tonight, church, that he's still parting the Jordan. He's still opening blinded eyes. He's still causing the lame to walk and the mute to talk. If he did it then, he'll do it again. We've got to cry out to him as blind Bartimaeus did. O son of David, have mercy 
on me. I love the, the lyrics to the song, and it goes like this. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe, cause yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised, and giants are still being slayed. God, we believe, yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. I wish I could sing, because I would just belt that song out. I love it, but it's true. It's not just a song. It is the truth of his word, that what he did then, he's still doing now. He longs to do. He desires to part the Jordan that's in front of you tonight. He desires to open your eyes to the things that have been blinded for way too long now. To open your ears to hear his word like you've never heard it before. To loose your tongue. To speak the glorious gospel. That's what he longs to do. A lot of times we get too caught up in the physical side of it. And we forget the spiritual side of it. See, we can make it to heaven with a sick body. But we can't make it to heaven without Jesus. The enemy even works in that. He gets us so focused on our physical bodies and our ailments that we forget, as long as I've got breath in these lungs, Lord, you're worthy of my praise. You are worthy of all of my praise, Lord. No matter what comes against me, no matter what wants to ache and, and, and not work properly, Lord, you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. We've got to remind ourselves. We've got to retrain our minds on how we think, we get an old, poor, pitiful me, right? Oh, well, if you only knew. Well, I knew a man who carried a cross up Calvary's hill, who bled and died. Why? So that I could live, so that I could enjoy things that I never deserved. But yet, he suffered and died for you and for me. So that we could walk in freedom. And let me tell you, however many days I have left, it's just a gift. It's just a blessing because if I'm not here, I'm with Him. It's a win-win. Amen? Amen? We've got to retrain our minds of how we think and, and how we view things. See, uh, Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. He couldn't see, he couldn't, he didn't have anything to offer the Lord, but yet he saw the Lord in a way that the religious elite couldn't see. Blind Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was, but the religious elite missed it. How does that happen? Well, I'll tell you why, because Bartimaeus was not blinded by pride and self-righteousness like the Pharisees were. Right? He knew he had nothing to offer again, nothing of worth to bring to the table, so to speak, but he knew how desperately he needed the Lord. Are we desperate for him tonight, church? Are we desperate for him? Desperate enough that in the midst of it all, we would just cry out, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I've got nothing, Lord. You see, that's the first step in coming to Jesus. You recognize who he is and what he's done just for you. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. 
individually, personally, intimately. He loves you enough. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The first step is just realizing, I need you, Lord. I need you. And you see, a lot of times we just relegate that to salvation, which is, of course, the greatest gift that we could ever receive. But see, we've got to realize we need him in our everyday lives. We've got to realize we need him just to make it another day. We've got to, we need him to, to get the healing. We need him to get the deliverance, whatever it may be. It's not just for salvation. We've got to confess him over and over and over again as Lord of our lives. That's why it's so important. That's why the Lord commanded us to pray the Lord's Prayer and to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. And we should be praying this each and every day, Lord. Lord, you come, you save, you have your way in my life. You come and reign over me today. Don't let my agenda and my program push out what you have in store for me today. It's always got to be about him and not about us. But again, that's a discipline. That's something that our flesh is not going to naturally do. We've got to train ourselves in doing this. Verse 48 reads, Many charged him that he should hold his peace. And why would they do this to him? Basically, they were telling him to shut up. Keep your mouth closed. Don't bother Jesus. Don't intrude uh, upon him and what he's doing. See, uh, they believe that Jesus shouldn't be troubled with a beggar. He was too important for that. And if these were their reasons, and I'm sure they were, that tells us all the more how completely uh, misunderstanding they were of why Jesus came to the earth in the first place. But as the verse tells us, that he began to cry all the more. See, that should be a lesson to us. That all the more the people say, well, no, that's not going to happen. You've just got to accept it. It is what it is, and, and you're just going to make the best of it. No, that's saying that he's not who he says he is. He is an overcomer. He is victorious. And we can be the same in him. We don't have to accept defeat in our life. And too many times, we throw in the towel way too soon. We don't even allow the Lord to fight for us. Well, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. No, if it's not what God's Word says, don't accept it. Do not accept defeat in your life. You continue to believe Him. That's faith. That is faith. You don't give up. You don't quit. Why? Because He doesn't give up. He never quits. And we can't, we can't let go of such a, a glorious salvation, such a great salvation. So many times we're just, oh, well, we've got to be like blind Bartimaeus and no matter who tells us to stop, who tries to, to shut us up, to quieten us up, no, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That has got to be our cry. 
And we think, oh, well, it might offend somebody or upset somebody. Who cares? Who cares? He's here to do a work, right? He's here to move on our behalf. We need to cry all the more. Nothing, I mean nothing, was going to stop his shout. But what has stopped yours? What has stopped your cry unto the Lord? Trials, circumstances, family, friends, shame on us for letting him pass us by and we never even make a noise. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you have to be loud and obnoxious because you don't. Because we know that now at the whisper of his name, right? Psalm 34 and 15 tells us that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. You see, his eyes are watching us and his ears are listening to us and he's waiting for us to call on him. See, the attitude of calling upon him is not just with words, it's with our actions and our reactions. See, a lot of us sometimes need to close our mouth and just fall on our knees. And that's calling out to the Lord. That's crying out to him. That's having that broken and contrite spirit. And that's when the Lord moves. That's when he blesses. That's when he pours out. Because sometimes people just think if they are loud, it's going to get his attention. No, he, he knows our heart. Where is our heart? Is our heart crying out to him? See, in those days, they, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. The Holy Spirit hadn't come and, and was able to dwell in them. So Bartimaeus had to cry and shout physically. But now it's our heart's cry. Because we can say all the right things and go to all the right events and, and do all these things. But if our heart is wrong, his ear is deaf to us. Now it's a heart issue. Where is our heart? We've got to be a church that has a heart that cries out to the Lord. And that is a cry that he will never turn away from. He will in no wise cast us out. Hear our hearts tonight. To some that might be frightening because again, he knows your heart. But you can make it right tonight. You can get your heart right tonight. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, or maybe you've walked away, you've allowed the pressures of life to shift your focus, whatever the case may be, don't let this moment pass you by you might be viewing by facebook or by the internet you didn't just click on here by chance the holy spirit drew you here you see when you feel that pressure that tugging on your heart you need to respond no matter when and no matter where i love the song nail it to the cross and it says don't take another step just kneel where you stand So many times we just keep on and we keep on going. But we need to get things right now. You see, you can't, and when I say this, people are going to think, what? What? You can't just get saved any time. And I back it up with this. John 6, says that no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him 
And I will raise him up in the last day. You see, we can't get saved without him drawing us. We won't make the right decisions. We won't do the right thing without the Holy Spirit drawing us to do so. So to walk away and to do nothing is dangerous. It's dangerous. Why? Because at this moment, this very moment in time, the Holy Spirit is drawing hearts. He's drawing hearts for salvation. He's drawing hearts for deliverance. He's drawing hearts for healing. No matter what the case may be, He's always pursuing our heart. And for us to walk away from that pursuit, turn our back on that pursuit, is dangerous. Why? Because you may not have another chance. You may not have another chance. Jason uh, read a statistic today that since March, one-third of the church has stepped away and not returned. They're not viewing online anymore. They're not coming to parking lot services, and they're sure not coming to the church. In a four-month time, we've lost one-third. One-third of the church. Isaiah 55 and 6 is still the best advice I could give you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He is near tonight and he's drawing each and every one of our hearts. And you've got to get over yourself and say, well, somebody might think I'm not saved. Let me tell you, if somebody thinks you're not saved, maybe it's because of the way you're living your life. So prove them wrong. <laughs> or if somebody's going to think that, let them think it because nothing is worth going to hell over. But if the Lord is drawing your heart at this moment, at this moment in time, don't walk away. It's not worth the chance. It's not worth it. Make things right tonight. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Verse 49 says, and I love these first four words, and Jesus stood still. Wow. Jesus stood still. What a beautiful statement. See, Bartimaeus had faith. If he didn't, he would not have persisted in his cry to the Lord. And it was that faith that stopped Jesus in his tracks. Remember, Jesus was on his way to Calvary at this very moment in Scripture. He was on his way to Calvary, the very reason that he came to this earth. And yet he took the time to stop for this one blind man. Right? When is it? When's the last time we have stopped for someone in need. We haven't allowed our, our we, we said no to our schedule. Well, that can wait because this person right here is truly in need. See, we've got to become that kind of believer that no matter what, we're going to stop and help a brother and a sister. We're going to stop and help someone who's truly in need. He would, you want him to stop for you, Right? You want people to stop and help you. So we've got to do the same. But Jesus stopped. This shows us the great 
power of faith in God. My commentary says, among all the lessons we should learn from this episode, the lesson of faith in God boldly stands out. See, no one could be in a worse position than blind Bartimaeus. It seems that very few people cared if he lived or died. He certainly had nothing going for him except one thing, and that was his faith in Jesus. And hear me tonight, that was enough. Because the scripture tells us that there was a crowd following him that day. So you know it was loud. Lots of people saying lots of things. But whose cry did he hear? Whose cry did the master stop for? It was the cry of faith. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Stopped Jesus in his tracks. Wow, that right there just blows my mind. And because of his faith, he received everything that he asked for. Why can't we do the same? Maybe it's because we let him pass us by all too often. We fail to, to realize, one, our own need for him in every area of our life, and we just let him pass by. Even though in the passing by, the Holy Spirit is drawing us and tugging at us. Oh, maybe next time. I know my heart will stop, stop beating fast once I leave and get in the car and get something to drink. It'll go away. It'll pass. Dangerous mindset. Dangerous place to be. Why would we not want to respond and go to the one and only one who can meet every need that we have. Lord, let us be like behind Bartimaeus, verse 50, and I'm trying to hurry. And he said, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. See, this coat must have been very valuable to Bartimaeus because you have to realize he was a beggar. So this coat not only was a coat, but it also was how he received money he would lay his coat out and in those days people would come by and throw money onto his coat and he would pull it in then at night that would be his covering that would be his only warmth that, would, that was the only thing that he had and yet it says casting away meaning lord i don't care what it takes nothing is going to stand between me and you I am willing to get rid of everything, Lord, to follow you. And isn't it just beautiful when you can connect the dots in Mark 10 and realizing the rich young ruler, that's what was asked of him, but he couldn't do it. The disciples weren't getting it. But yet the very last miracle that Jesus performed, it started with healing a blind man and it's ended with healing a blind man who couldn't even see, was so ready to give it all away just to get to Jesus. Again, as I've asked time and time, over and over, what are you holding on so tightly to that you can't let go of to get to him? See, he's got to be enough for us. We can't just hold on to things that our security or whatever it may be. We've got to cast it away and realize he's all we need. He's all we need. Oh, but you're not going to make it if you, if you do this. There's no way you can pay your bills if, if you stop doing that. There's no way. With God, all things are possible. 
It was the faith of this blind man that caused Jesus to stop. Trust me, he will stop for you. He cares for you. He will meet you at your point of need and he will do whatever it it is that needs to be done. You see, Bartimaeus counted the cost and he was willing to pay whatever price was necessary just to get to Jesus. I don't want anyone to leave here tonight under the impression that coming to Jesus is without cost. This has been a reoccurring theme also. It will cost you everything. But in return, you gain everything. You get it all. You are a joint heir with Jesus. And everything that belongs to him now belongs to you. You are a beneficiary of the will. You've been grafted into the family. You're an heir. So you've got to come to him. And everyone who comes to him has to give up something, some sin, or a wicked relationship, something, you simply need to know that however high the cost may be, that you have to pay in the end. The cost is very cheap when you compare it with the worth of your soul. See, our souls was worth the price of a king. His blood, he gave his life for you and for me. We can't be afraid of the cost What a person receives from Jesus far outweighs any price that could be paid. And then in verses 51 through 52, we see that Bartimaeus came to Jesus and he was asking an important question. And his response was one of pure faith. Remember last week when James and John, the sons of thunder, uh, came to Jesus. What did they ask for? Oh, they asked for position, for pomp, for circumstance. One to be on his right hand and one to be on his left. But what did blind Bartimaeus ask? To receive his sight. Just to receive his sight. That's all he he wanted. That's what he needed. And that was not just speaking of the physical, but the spiritual as well. And Jesus granted it. He gave it to him. He gave it to him immediately. Immediately it says he received his sight and followed Jesus in his way. But uh, Jesus told him, go thy way. I don't want to miss this. Jesus told blind Bartimaeus, go thy way. Right? Your faith has made you whole. But we see here in the end it says, and followed Jesus in the way, meaning that when you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, your way's not going to do anymore. What you like, what you once were a part of, what you once were affiliated with, you're not going to want to do those things anymore. You're not going to want to be a part of that anymore. Why? Because you're now, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. He didn't want his own way anymore. He wanted to follow Jesus. See, that's how you know you've truly been saved. That's how you know you've truly been saved. You no longer desire the things you once desired. You now desire the things of God. The ways of God. See, the saved person will want to walk with the Lord in holiness. They will want to be around other Christians, other saints. They will want to be in church and a part of what God is doing 
in the body, they will, there will be a profound change in that individual's life. It will be dramatic. In many cases, it's drastic what happens to one that gets saved. Israel and I were just talking about that. I think it was Mon Monday night. And he had read or watched a video and was talking about, Lord, if people aren't continually seeing changes in my life, seeing me as a changed person, as a born-again believer, then something's wrong, Lord. Something has gotten between me and you because we should continually be growing in our relationship with him. We should continually be formed in his image, meaning that each and every day we're allowing the Holy Spirit to chip away at, at those things that I have built up and I have created to make me look more like him. The greatest compliment it would be for somebody to say, God, you don't even look like yourself anymore. Praise God! <laughs> right? Why? Because it's not me. It's the Jesus in me. And that should be our desire. That should be what we pray for, what we long for. What we long to hear is, you don't even look like yourself. We were laughing. I was telling a story of a crazy thing that I did. I know y'all can't believe that, that I did something crazy. But years ago, I got on this turmeric kick, and I made a mask, a facial mask, out of honey and turmeric and sugar. And I put it on my face and took a bath and just thought I was gonna, it was going to be great. I washed my face and looked in the mirror, and my face was golden. <laughs> The turmeric had stained my face. Noah said, it was, we thought mom was like Moses coming down off the mountain. Her face was glowing, right? And we, and we laughed because it was funny because I'm crazy and do crazy things. I had so much turmeric in me that my palms began to be golden and bottoms of my feet just coming out of me. And that wasn't because I'd been with the Lord, but I'm saying this to, I said that to say this, that if we will allow the Holy Spirit to get in us so much, that there will be a change. And people will notice that's the fruit. That's the fruit of living for the Lord, allowing Him, Lord, let me decrease that you may increase. Lord, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. I don't want people to see me. I want them to see you through me, Lord. Wow, that should be our heart. That should be our desire. And we know that as you go on, that blind Bartimaeus, he followed Jesus. He followed him all the way, and he actually was a part of the, the early church after Jesus was uh, crucified. He led the way. He was changed by the power of Almighty God. And I want to close with this story. It said, one day a Christian and a communist, which they're not too hard to find these days, were sitting on a park bench watching the world go by. And as they watched a poor, drunken beggar walk by dressed in rags, the communist pointed to the beggar and said, communism would put a new suit on that man. To which the Christian responded, maybe so, but Jesus can put a new man in that suit. You see, too many times, that is, that's good. Too many times we get so focused on changing the outside that we forget that he came to change us on the inside. 
He came to do a work on the inside of each and every one of us. But will we allow him to do what he desires to do? It's not by chance that you're here tonight. It's not by chance that you're viewing tonight. The Holy Spirit has drawn you here for this moment in time so that His Holy Spirit can draw, pull, and tug at your heart. Why? Not for you to just let Him pass by, but that He can do the work that you desire Him to do, even if you don't even realize it. He longs to do a work in each and every one of our lives. Again, maybe you need salvation. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need deliverance. Maybe you just need peace in your mind. I don't know who doesn't this day and time. But he's here. Don't let him pass by. Don't you walk out of this building not responding to his drawing. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And Vanessa, if you have a song that you can play, I'm just going to ask you to respond to the drawing of the Lord. He's here to meet you, if you will allow him. Go ahead, Vanessa. I'm hungry for you.
Señor. God, we're not alone, Lord, but as the song says so beautifully, Lord, when we kneel at the cross, you meet us there, Lord. Oh, you never leave us or forsake us, Lord, and I thank you tonight, Lord, for drawing hearts closer to you, Lord. Oh, for doing the work that only you can do, Father. Oh, Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you're always pursuing our hearts, Lord, and you will never stop, Lord, until we see you. For when we see you, we'll be like you, Lord. And we long for that day, Lord. I thank you for the word that's gone forth. And I pray that it continue, Lord, to resonate in our spirits, Lord. God, that we continue to cry out, Oh, son of David, have mercy on me, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that that is a cry, Lord, that you will never turn a deaf ear to, but you will see us through. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you guys. I'm praying for each and every one of you. Uh, I pray that you will all be here on Sunday. Uh, bring a friend. Uh, invite a neighbor and come out and gather together. Be encouraged. Church, we've got to come together and encourage one another now more than ever. Uh, so I hope to see you all on Sunday, Council. Don't forget you have a meeting tonight uh, right after the service. I love you, and I'll see you all soon. Hey.